I think it makes it challenging for us as parents when we're coaches and consultants because we give advice. And so we're giving advice to our children who don't want to hear it. They just don't want to hear it. And so sometimes what's really hard is not saying anything um, and not jumping in to solve the problem. And I think that saying things like, hmm, I bet there's a solution as opposed to giving the solution is harder on us, but better for the children. So welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Enough Already podcast. This is the show for consultants and coaches who want to forge their own path to success in their careers and their lives. And today I have a very special guest. I feel like I say that about all my guests because they're all special in many, many ways. So I have on the show, Siri Goodman, who is a parent coach. And I want her on the show for so many reasons. So I begged her for a long time and she finally said yes. So I'm so grateful. And I wanted to have her on the show for a variety of reasons. Number one, she's somebody who went from the world of being an educator, an administrator, a principal, and she turned her experience into her own parent coaching business. So I think for all of us who are, who have been on that journey or are thinking about that journey, they will be inspired by her story. But also for a lot of us, we make this big decision to leave corporate and start our own businesses because we want work-life balance. You know, we have kids and we want to be there for our kids, but let's be honest, sometimes our kids can be a little challenging and it's really hard to juggle it all, you know, especially when you're being a busy entrepreneur. So I wanted her to come on the show and give us some actionable tips to help us out with that. So that's why she's here and I'm really excited to have her. And without further ado, welcome to the show, Siri. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you very much. I know how hard it is. I have kids too. Um, I survived. I learned from them as much as I learned from all my experiences as an educator. And I know that balancing work and uh, kids and family is really, it, it, it's not easy. And on top of that, if you have your own business and your your own boss, that's another level of um, of commitment and that you have to really consider children. And especially now after the pandemic, I think one of the biggest issues that parents are saying is their kids are sick all the time. And that's a residual of the pandemic because kids didn't really build up a lot of immunities. Um, they're getting sick more frequently. They're getting sick for longer periods of time. These viruses are just hanging on. And on top of that, we parents are being sick and parents aren't allowed to be sick. I mean, when do we have time to be sick? We have businesses to run, families to run. We just don't have that time. So yeah, it's so a big for, issue. <laughs> so for all the parents who are listening, who's like their heart rates are starting to go up. It's like, oh my God, yes, you're right. I've dealt with all of this. We're going to get into all of that and all the actionable solutions. Before we get into it, I really want to take a step back and talk a little bit about your journey into business ownership. You know, so you were a principal and at some point you had an aha of saying, hey, wait a minute, I'm talking to all these parents all the time. I wonder if I can make a business out of it. Tell us a little bit more about that story and how did that happen for you? Uh, it it did happen because uh, as a school principal, I deal with a lot of parents. And over time, I've been a principal for many, many years. And over time, what I noticed was I was spending more and more time with parents. Parents were seeking me out more and more for questions and worries. 
a lot of pressure on parents to be perfect, and there is no such thing as the perfect parent, but there's still that pressure out there of, you know, is my child going to go to college? Yes, they are. They're four. If you want them to go to college, I'll go to college. But there's these worries really? out there. Wait a yeah. minute. I wanted my kids to go to college. I can't get my daughter to go to college and she's 19. Wait a minute. Well, you'll still Sorry. work. They're still, you know, their brains really don't develop fully until they're about 25 years old. You mean amazed at the changes that even come with 19 and 20 year olds, because frankly, they're still kids. So there's plenty of time for that. Okay, cool. Uh, so well, I'll I'll send you the bill for my personal coaching okay. session later. But let's yes. talk about, okay, so you were there, parents were coming to you all the right. time. And I had all this training for um, raising children and teaching children and, and helping train teachers. And I'm thinking, wow, all these parents are coming. I would like to have more information on that. So I went back to school. And I became a certified parent coach. And it was a very interesting experience. And I felt like I was doing it to be a better advocate for parents at my school. And then what turned out was parents were coming to me and saying, I have a friend whose children don't go here, but they need a Sari. So I said, oh, well, this is an idea. So I started helping those parents privately um, on on when I wasn't working weekends, evenings. And then I started to do that more and more and decided, you know what, there are there's a need out there for parents to have somebody to call, they need someone in their back pocket, they need someone to ask a question, that's not going to judge them that can give them some information that can get to know their family needs, and and be individual and understand that different families have different values and different ways of looking at life. And they need very, very specific kinds of uh, targeted help. And that's me. You know, what I love about your story is for so many of the people that I work with through my brand messaging program is that they really don't know who they want to help and how and why. But what's cool for you is you had that clarity around like it was the need that drove you. It's like, wow, I see all of these needs and I want to go meet them. And now let me create a business around that. I think that's great. Right, right. That's that's how it happened. I mean, it was almost accidental in terms of, wow, these parents really need more help. And I need to be that person because they're the ones that trust me and they're the ones that come to me. Yeah, when we started working together, I think that you had that clarity run. Okay, this is what I'm all about. But what was so challenging for you to put it into words? Like, what was that challenge all about? Well, I'll tell you, when you work for a school, there was a business manager, and there were marketing people, and there were all kinds of things that I had no training in. Um, I, I look at education very academically. And what I had to do was learn how to talk to parents about um, what I do without being so academic about it. Mm. And that was actually very hard for me. Um, and you helped me a lot with that is change my vocabulary so that I, I knew who I wanted to help. I knew how I could help them. I needed to get that message out to people in a way they could hear it and understand it. Yeah. So it was like unlearning the academic speech and learning a new language, which is actually the irony is it's much more of an authentic language. I think that's one of the things that trip us up with our brand messaging all the time is we get all caught up in our expertise in our world. And we try to talk even more academic or more theoretical or more in our industry speak. 
when the real natural way, you know, is just how we speak as humans. Like now I could ask you, and I'm sure I could put you on the hot seat right now, <laughs> is I could ask you to share what you do. And I bet you it's going to just come across really natural. And I kind of feel like I want to put you on the hot seat. That sounds fun Okay, well, let's practice. Okay, so tell let's... me. So great to meet you, Siri. What do you do? Well, what you know how there's parents who are just really frustrated and overwhelmed. Uh, they have businesses, they have obligations, and parenting is just really hard. And I come in and I get to know you and I help parents really understand the challenges and the solutions for where their struggles lie in a very individualized manner. Very good. Thank you. And I like how you start off with like the parents who are struggling, which really identifies like what, who you want to help and how you want to help them. Um, but for those of us who are listening in, who may not know the difference between a parent coach and a therapist or a behavioral therapist, like what's the difference between like a mental health counselor that a parent might go to or a behavioral therapist that they might hire on behalf of their child? That's a really good question. A parent coach deals with the here and now. Oh, I, I go in, I do a lot of in-person, I do some virtual, and I see what's happening with the family here and now, and we deal with the now. A therapist will also deal with the before and look for connections for past lives, maybe past traumas. A lot of sometimes how we parent or how we look at our children is based on our past experiences. Um, and that's a therapist's job to look back. Maybe there's um, what, what we call attachment issues. Um, there's also um, when you have certain diagnoses, you might need a specific therapist. For instance, if there are sensory issues, you'll need an occupational therapist. If there are speech issues, you'll need a speech therapist. Those are very, very specific kinds of skills that take a lot of training. Um, I also have training, but I talk to the the parents about what they're doing right now. So it sounds like it's more of like you have someone in the back pocket for yourself. It's not about like, okay, well, you know, I grew up in this kind of childhood. And so it's hard for me to connect. It's more like, what do I do right now with my child? And it's not necessarily dealing with all the specific diagnoses that your child might have. You're not helping, you know, if they're on the spectrum somewhere, if they have some oppositional defiance disorder, it's not it's not that like that is going to be a special therapist that the child will go to, but this is about like, how do I handle this and create a situation for my family? Correct. Um, I also help parents who have children um, who have diagnoses, uh, parent parenting a child with ADHD take is a different strategy, has different strategies, parenting with children with different diagnoses like autism I help them in the here and now, and I also work with the therapists. So if you have a psychologist or you have an occupational therapist or you have an outside therapist that's working with the child, I confer what are the goals. And sometimes I'll say to the parent who might misinterpret what's happening, maybe they're interpreting um, a defiant um, behavior when I'll say, well, that's a reaction. Remember, your therapist is talking about your child reacts to loud noises. Your child reacts to um, how things feel or certain foods. That's a reaction. And so how do we work with the child? How do I, I tell the parents how to work with the child to really recognize that and then move forward in the here and now? And sometimes parents will call me. Um, I, I go in, we 
for sure we talk at least once a week. Uh, sometimes with kids, things happen all the time. So a parent can call me in the middle of the week. This is happening. What do I do? And I'll say, well, remember what we talked about? I'm going to stay on the phone. Let's practice those steps. And I'm going to stay oh, wow. with you until we we get past this one. And it's a, it's practice, right? You need to practice. You can't just flip a switch and know how to parent all of a sudden. And so I'm there to help the, with that. It's called guided in education speak. It's called guided practice. And in, in, uh, in, in reality, it's called, I'm sticking with you and helping you get over this hump. I mean, that's the biggest part of what you just said. So it's like, if I go to a, a, my own therapist to help me figure out whatever it is, like you go for a session and then you go back and then a week goes by and it's like, well, I don't know how to apply anything. You know, if I call my friends, it's the blind leaning the blind, but I could call you and I could have you real time, like go do this. Like that's very action learning. I think like, I think you and I like each other from that standpoint. And that's why you like being in the Purpose to Profits Academy is because of the action learning because that is the only way that we actually transform our behavior. Right. In the in in, in this purpose to profits, you, we do something similar in that um, here's the skill, here's the practice, here's the hot seat, let's practice, let's correct, let's go back. It's it's very similar because it's the here and now. It's not theoretical, it's actionable at that point. And I think a lot of parents tell me what I give them are very practical. Mm -hmm. um, ideas and what you give us in in the academy are very practical, actionable. Um, you break it down into small pieces. That's what I do with parents too. You have to break it down into small pieces. Let's try this. Let's try this. Let's make this break us down into small smaller pieces. That's the same thing that you do with us. So it's interesting because part of the it took me a while to figure out like what I wanted to do with a community. And I think what I observed is that there's like all these little building blocks of skills that we need to have that over time makes us effective at marketing or sales or persuasive communication. But most of the stuff that's out there is all of that theoretical, like this is what you need to do. And maybe they'll tell you a little bit of the how, but not the nitty gritty and the how. And I think as a parent, we get a thousand different perspectives or every day around what we're supposed to do for our kids. Like what, what, what? You're supposed to be patient. You're supposed to ask questions. You're supposed to, you know, attune to their issues. You're supposed to discipline them, you know? And then it's like, okay, well, what do I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I know. You know, and the then you might one. have, a, you know, yeah, then the... you have a coach and then they'll tell you like, or you might go to a therapist. And it's like, well, you know, you really need to give them choices around this so you can empower them. It's like, well, what the heck does that mean? We're trying to run out the door and I don't have time to say, <laughs> you know, child, would you rather wear your jeans or would you rather wear your skirt today? Which one works best for you? And they're like, no. And they throw it at you. And it's like, well, that theory didn't work. But if right. I call you. Right. And and the biggest one is you're supposed to, you're supposed to stay calm. And as a parent myself, I remember those times when here's this child who you love unconditionally, you would throw yourself in front of a car for them, you would just do anything and they're telling you no, you know, that makes your blood boil and I'm supposed to stay calm. No, I'm right. not calm. Right. And that's the other thing parents will say, but I, I lost my temper and I'm going to say, wow, that's okay. You can express yourself to your child. Look what you're teaching your child, that when you get frustrated, you used your words. <laughs> That's a That's lesson so in and of itself. So you're like the parent, you're the, the ideal parent to the parents so that they can go and model that to the kids. 
Right. And you have to help parents relieve that. There's so much worry and fear and guilt. Am I doing this right? Oh, am, is, am I harming my child because I, I just lost my temper? It's not like you're yelling at them every single minute of the day, right? Um, it's like you're human. And, and that's what I try to um, help parents recognize is that we're not striving here for perfection. We're striving for love. We're striving for humanity. And we're striving to teach to, to teach children how the world works. And behavior has 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 repercussions. If you don't behave right in school, the teacher's not going to be happy with you. If you misbehave, if you're an adult and you start screaming in a store, they're going to escort you out. There are repercussions for your behavior. Better to teach them now when they're young that this is yeah. how the world works. Okay, first off, where in the world were you when I left Disney to start my business to when I to because like a lot, I think a lot of people when they leave their corporate nine to five, you know, start their own business, a lot of times the driver is because they want to be there for their kids. But there's something about being there for your kids and being there and having more availability that actually seems to create more challenges sometimes of parenting than less. Just because you're there doesn't mean it's easier. And when you're in a 70 hour work week, you can sort of go into autopilot versus now you're home all the time. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, does that make sense? It's, it's a big challenge. I mean, it's a challenge if you work for a company and it's a bigger challenge. I think if you're an entrepreneur, because when you're an entrepreneur and you have your own business, you're working, you could be working literally 24 seven, because if you're not working, you're thinking about working and you're thinking about things or you're playing with your child and you're thinking, oh, I should be doing this, right? There's always this back in your head. So there's a lot of pressure on entrepreneurs. And I think that one way to, um, to really protect yourself, to be able to focus on your business and focus on your family is to take a step back and say, when things are humming, when things are going well, um, the nanny showed up on time. Nobody's sick. Uh, the 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 everybody's at work. Uh, all all my all my ducks are in a row. That's the time when you put yourself a hundred percent into your job. You it's like banking hours, right? When everything is going well, you bank those hours, and and that way, when you can't. The nanny didn't show up. The child is sick. An employee calls in sick. Something didn't arrive when it was. You can say, well, I have all those banked hours. So it's still a pressure, but it's just less. I think there's stress in that, but there's not panic in that. When you bank your hours, that you've, you've avoided panic. Well, the way I look at it sometimes <laughs> is like banking my goodwill with my clients, you know, more than banking hours, you know, mm -hmm. like banking goodwill because the crises will come up. But let's talk about the difference between what are the typical parent challenges and what are the parent crises? Like one of the things that I'm observing or I experience myself and I'm observing in other people is just, you know, like things that were a challenge perhaps when you were working for somebody else where it's like, I could just call out sick or take a sick day. Mm -hmm. You know, now it's like, I got a client meeting. I don't really have an opportunity to deal with my child's mental health breakdown, you know, or their health crisis. Or I have to, I got to get on a plane tomorrow, you know, like things that were challenges now become crises. So what are the differences? What are the typical parent challenges and what exacerbates them when you're running your own business? You don't have employees, 
you know, you're serving, you know, I, I serve consultants and coaches. Those are the people who are listening. You know, they don't, they don't usually have a bunch of people that they could turn to. They can't duplicate themselves and say, you know, you go lead this workshop that somebody's spending, you know, all of this money for me to lead. Like they're not, that's not possible. So what are the, what are the typical parent challenges that any high achieving professional um, family will deal with with children today? And how are these challenges? How do, how, what, what are the unique challenges that us entrepreneurs deal with? I think the first thing is you have to recognize that all, all the things that you said, they all will happen. Guaranteed, they will all happen. And what entrepreneurs have in their back pocket is this understanding and this um, ability of their business experience to say, what if? And what you have to do is you have to list all of the what ifs. What if I have to get on a plane and my child just threw up? What if the nanny didn't show up? What if all the what ifs? And then you have to plan and anticipate, and then you have to have some quick corrections. And I think that's the benefit. Uh, we talk a lot about how hard it is to be an entrepreneur, but there are a lot of benefits because of the skills that you have just inherently when you're an entrepreneur. And when you have kids, you need a village. You just need a village. You could be a single parent. You could be a single parent with a co-parent. You can have two parent working families. You just need a village. And so you have to plan that ahead of time. And so who's your village? Who can you call? Who can you call? Who can, um, who, who can take your kids at a moment's notice? Think about that and talk to that person. So maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a colleague. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a grandparent, if you're lucky enough, um, or an aunt and uncle, maybe it's a neighbor, talk to them ahead of time and say, this might happen. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow, everything seems right. And I, can I call upon you and have those people to call upon. And that's really important and have those numbers and have that conversation ahead of time so that you're not all of a sudden going, who can I call? Who can I call? Who can I call? That's too late. You have to set that up ahead of time. And then I, I suggest you draft an email for your clients. Have that draft there that says, whoops, my child is sick. Because when your child is sick or when a crisis happens in the middle of your work week, when things when those kinds of things happen, you're exhausted, you're overwhelmed, you're not thinking straight. And to sit down and draft an email to your clients that, whoops, this week I have to uh, reschedule, you're not thinking about that. So I suggest that you do some draft emails um, and then, and also then let your clients know or let, let your, the people know that you're working for, I'm going to get to that, my child's sick, I'm getting to that in the evening, I'm getting to that in the weekend. That means wow, my child is sick, but I am prioritizing you. You client, you customer, you are important to me and this is how I'm prior uh, prioritizing you. And you do that ahead of time and at least there's you, you're reducing the panic. That's what I think. That's really important. So it's like, it's anticipating all the issues, but there's some stuff that you, I don't know if you can anticipate all the time. Like at least for me, it's like a parent, I've gotten blindsided by some of the issues that came up. Um, let me give you a few client scenarios, like of like the clients that I deal with and some of the parenting challenges that they might have. And like, let me get your thoughts on like, how would you help them? So I have one client who is a strategic advisor, but also she has like a creative firm. And so she has actual deliverables for her clients on a regular basis. 
And her family's gone through like a slew of illnesses, you know, just been one after the other, after the other, after the other, you know, she's like, you know, she's an entrepreneur because she wants to be there for her family, you know, and she wants to be able to have not just this child, but more children, but she, you know, her child's at that preschool age where they're constantly getting sick all the time. Mm -hmm. She's got these deliverables. So what would you suggest to her about how to manage that particular area, but still being true to her purpose and what she wants to do when she's still dealing with, you know, because you know, when a kid, like a preschool kid gets sick all the time, I'm going to go through the different age, age reigns, young children. It's a, it's a combination of like, all they the get time. sick all the time, you know, then, you know, you mentioned the nanny thing and, you know, but they get sick all the time. And then there's like behavioral challenges, but let's just talk about the sick all the time. What do you do as an entrepreneur? Well, it's, it's like your business, you plan and you, and you prepare. Um, one thing is because they are sick all the time, these preschoolers, if they're in daycare and preschool, they're just bringing it home. And one way to prevent is just keep washing hands. Um, I tell parents, everybody has their own tube of toothpaste, no sharing anything, because not only is your preschool child going to get sick, but then you're going to get sick and you're going to pass it on. And it's like this, this down the line, and then it starts over again. So no sharing of anything, um, wiping things down, that's one preparation. Another preparation is where's the 24-hour pharmacy? Where's the pediatric pediatric urgent care? Not all urgent cares are, uh, take kids. Know ahead of time because part of that is part of that when they're sick is, oh, what do I do? Who do I call? You need to know that ahead of time. That's another thing. When you have playdates with kids, preschoolers coming to your house, that's like a germ factory walking in your door. So you have to have them wash hands. You have to wipe down those toys after they leave. So part of that is preparation. Another part of that is have your have your go your go to bag. Have all those medications and towels and um, and extra sheets and you know um, like there was a shortage on pedia. Pedia care not too long ago, though, when if a child is vomiting a lot, they need to be rehydrated. And some of these things, because of the supply chain issues, you can't get them. So you need to stock up. And when you have that stock up, it all these things alleviate, get you just a little bit closer. And if you're working, ha you have that person to call. You need to come over right now. The child is sick and I have a project that's due. And they need to come over and you have that person and you have the uh, all the equipment ready. You have all the the doctor on speed dial and and you have that person who can come in. I need you from this time to this time until I get the deliverable out and then I can take care of it. It's like giving yourself a time to breathe. So what do you do about time to breathe? You know, piggybacking on that, what do you do with that exhaustion that you as the business owner might be feeling from constantly dealing with the illnesses? Well, and and what if you get sick? I think yeah. one of the, the luxury, you know, when you're a parent, you, you can't get sick. And even if you're sick, you have to work through it. It's that's double exhaustion. I always thought that being able to be in bed and be sick as a mom was a luxury <laughs> Um, and that's, you call upon your village. Uh, do you have a co-parent? Do you have a grandparent? Get somebody in the house and it's okay. It's like, sometimes we think, well, I'm home so I can do it. You need to give yourself that opportunity to have somebody come in and help you. What if you're sick? Do you have that village where you say, can you take my kid? 
send your kid to a relative's house, to a friend's house. You have that village, you take their kid, they take your kid. That's great. Let yourself be sick or give yourself like, finally they're well and I just, I need time. I think a lot of us feel guilty. Like if you, uh, they were sick and now I need to spend time with them. No, it's okay to take care of yourself. That's such an important thing. It's okay to say, take my kid. I just need, I just need an hour. I just need a massage. I just, it's not, it's okay to go out to a restaurant for an hour to just for coffee with someone. It's all okay. And I think that your children benefit from that. Because one of the things in our really fast-paced world is we don't take time to take care of ourselves and we're teaching our children. Think of it as teaching your children how to take care of themselves. We need to teach them that too. So it sounds like there's a lot of prevention, like so plan in advance. And I think for young kids, you could plan a little bit more in advance for the issues that they're going to have. They're going to have the temper tantrums. They're going to get sick all the time, you know, and if you could plan in advance, and make sure that you're taking care of yourself, making sure everybody's staying healthy. You got all of that taken care of. That's that's a lot of like the younger ones. Now let's talk about the middle school because that's when everything is, at least in my experience, I don't know if other parents would experience it. All the issues are a big surprise, you know, <laughs> because it's like, I didn't know about all of these, you know, like, especially like with middle school girls, there's so much bullying that's going on in there. I think that's for... Um, boys, there's more like bullying themselves or oppositional issues that might come up, you know, or, you know, like nowadays, like there's a lot of kids who are, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, wondering about like their gender identity. And there's a lot of issues that all of a sudden come up or there's, you know, cutting or all the other crazy stuff that seems to come up in, in middle school. You know, what do you recommend to parents with those surprises, especially parents who are busy, like, oh my gosh, I have a big speaking gig across the, you know, in a different country and I got my kid melting down over here in this middle school world. What do you recommend in that scenario? Well, you have made friends with your child's teacher. You know who the school counselor is. And if it's in the summertime, you have your go-to person. That's number one. And you make you make those connections and relationships ahead of time. And the other thing is, is be a good listener. We can't solve all of our children's problems. It's like when you say, like the kiss of death is to say, well, when I was your age, forget it. Don't even go there. Because their lives are very different than our lives were. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have a lot of this social pressures that they're having. Their lives are very different. And so we didn't we have need shooter to... drills and no, we didn't, have... we didn't have active shooter drills. I mean, we just didn't have that. We could go to school, we could come home. And so one thing that we have to get better at is listening. We as parents, it's in our DNA to go rush and solve the problem. That's not necessarily what our kids need. What our kids need is someone who will listen to them. And sometimes they, if they have someone who will really listen, not listen and think of the, of the solution at the same time, but really listen, they sometimes can come up with their own solution. It's amazing if you will do that. So one of the things that you say is, hmm, practice your hmm. As they talk, you go, hmm, that means I'm listening, but I am not judging and I am not coming in and for sure say, that's it. You're not playing with that kid ever again. 
because they'll be their best friend by the next day. So that doesn't work. Um, really well, I'm good listening. talking about the more more substantial things where kids might not be talking about it. Like they might be hiding it, you know, or eating disorders show up or cutting or all those other things that are much more challenging and they're much more hidden. And you might find out like, you know, like when, you know, so you, like I could visualize, you know, people who are like, I got this crazy stuff I'm dealing with at home and I got to be like on, I'm standing in front of a workshop and I got to be on talking to this group of you know, group of leaders that I'm trying to train them on, you know, or come up with unique intellectual property or do something, you know, like really be present with my coaching client. And I got this like behind, you know, the back of my head, it's like, my kid's not doing well. You know, what do you suggest to that parent? Or it's like, I I'm trying to give a hundred percent of my heart to my clients, but something's got going on over here. And a good percentage of my capacity is drained with worry about my kid. But you're not alone. Who else is on who else is in your village? In the moment when you're speaking, there has to be somebody else in your village who's doing your worrying for you in that time. And and when you have these serious mental health issues, and there's a lot of them out there and they're increasing, and that's when you have that's when I have my referral list because that takes therapy and it takes the right kind of therapy. And you have to know who to call. And I think that as parents, we feel we're supposed to solve these problems for our children. We're supposed to ask for help. Mm. We are supposed to ask for help. We are not trained therapists. We don't know how to deal with cutting. It's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible thing. And there are specialists out there. I know in Los Angeles, um, at UCLA, there's the Semmel Institute, which has an amazing system for helping teens, uh, middle schoolers and teens with these types of, of crises. And that's where you, once you have an inkling, that's where you seek out, that's where you call me and say, where's my referral? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? Because that's another way I help parents. I help parents by saying, this is where you need to go. This is uh, you need an assessment. You're, it sounds to me like there, there's, there are big issues here. Sometimes I'll walk into a parent's house and I'll say, this isn't a parenting issue. This is a big issue. And we need to get an evaluation. We need to get a therapist involved in that. And that's where your village. And I think parents have this fear or this assumption that they're just supposed to know what to do because it's their child. The fact is, is that no, because every child is unique. Every problem is unique. How in the how in the world are you supposed to know about this exact unique problem? Right. So the really the key is being willing to ask for help and being able to share the worry. I think sometimes like you can say, well, right now I'm focusing on my job and I'm focusing on this because my child is at least in a safe place with this person. And I can get through this presentation and I can focus 100% because in this moment, my child has, maybe there's not solution in this minute, but certainly there's somebody there for that child in this moment. So I can work on my project so I can be fully present because that's important too, right? That's the balance. One thing is not more important than the other. In, in a moment, your children are the most important thing. And in other moments, in your reality, this is the most important thing. And it's the focus. It's the ability to focus. 
So it sounds like thematically, so regardless of the age, so whether they're young, they're preteen, they're teen, um, I'll ask, I, I would love to young ask adult. you about <laughs> young adults, because that's where I'm at right now, or it's like, I thought that it was harder when they were younger, but it's harder yes. now is this, trying to launch kids are much more challenging, but it sounds like the, the thematically is, you know, really just a kind of like plan in advance based on their age, what kind of issues you could predictably deal with. And as much as you can prepare for it in your mind without freaking yourself out and worrying, you know, like kind of plan in advance for those. It seems like the second principle is really all around, you know, making sure you have your village, you know, whether it's other parents, co-parents, it's specialists, it's someone like you, it's whoever it is, making sure that you know what that network looks like. But it seems like underneath everything that you've been saying is there's a perspective around our expectations as a parent, you know, like, what does it mean to be a good parent? Cause I think that's a big question. Cause there's a thousand different definitions and you keep adding to it, you know, like which one, you know, a good mom stays at home and is there for kids all the time, or a good mom is a role model where she goes out and she does this, you know, good parents don't make any mistakes, you know, good parents always put the children first, you know, and then, you know, and then if they don't, they're bad parents, you know, good parents never lose their, their temper with their children, good parents, you know, like, what is that? You know, like, let's talk about this. What is a good parent? And especially what does that look like when you're, you might've left your business so you can be a good parent. That's the, that's the funny thing about, um, about our culture today is that we have words like good parent and good dad and bad parent and bad dad. And where did that come from? Because that's new. Um, when I was a principal, there would be people who would say, oh, she's a really good mom. Or you would judge the mom because all the kids wanted to go over to their house. And, oh, I'm not a good mom. Nobody wants to come to my house. And it's this judgment that we put ourselves under. Um, I don't know, would we say I'm a good entrepreneur and I'm a bad entrepreneur? I mean, I'm a, I have a... People don't judge you that way. Well, why would oh, they judge I, parents that way? As a business mentor, I definitely know that people will judge themselves as I'm a good entrepreneur relative to what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. People always look at it and say, oh, you're so much farther along with me. Now I'm going to go beat myself up. You know, but when, <laughs> but when it comes to parenting, it feels like it's at a very different emotional level. Like I'm going to be a screw up if my kids aren't healthy, if my kids don't aren't happy if my, you know, like there's that phrase, you know, like a mom's only as happy as their, their unhappiest child, you know, and right. it's hard to get away from that because if my kids aren't happy, everybody's looking at me and judging me that I must be like some horrible human, you know, like that I couldn't raise, you know, more productive humans or, or, it, or maybe they do the flip side is like, you get this, you know, kid who's like been you know, super responsible since they, you know, birthed out of the womb, you know, they were already cleaning room at two years old, you know, and now they're on the fast track. And it's like, Oh, look at me. I'm a great parent. Right. You know, like, like, so it could go either way. It cuts both ways. So what do you say to someone, you know, like, what do you say to this whole idea of good or bad? I, I say that it's false. There's no, it's, it's false. You can't be a good means you know what's happening. Um, I can be a good reader. I'm going back to my academics because I practice reading. The thing with with a child is they they can change daily. The issues change daily. Um, as they grow, everything 
personalities, the culture changes daily. Who are their friends? Who are their teachers? All these things you cannot control. So if there's so many things in your child's life that you cannot control, how can you consider yourself good or bad? There's just too many things you can't control. And there's too many things that you don't know what's going to come up tomorrow. You can prepare, prepare, prepare. And I talk about pre preparation, but at some point in, in time, you're going to get a curveball that you didn't prepare for. Does that make you bad? No, that just makes you human. And I think that as human beings, our job is to do the best for our children. And we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. Why? Because we're human. And we can't beat ourselves up for the mistakes. We have to learn from the mistakes. Whoops, that wasn't the right thing to say. If you say to your child, right. well, when I was your age and they go ballistic and you don't get me and you don't understand what I'm talking about and I'm never talking to you again, you can say to yourself, well, whoops, that wasn't right. I won't do that again. And then you move on because kids are resilient and you have that relationship with them. Um Sometimes it's a great relationship. Sometimes it's a rocky relationship, but they're your children and you're their parents and that's it. And you, you get to, you get to learn from your mistakes and they get to learn from their mistakes in the same way. You're not going to hold your child um, to a higher standard because children will make mistakes. They will cry. They will have ten temper tantrums. And they'll also say, I love you. And thank you. You have to wait a while for those thank yous to come. It's usually when they're adults. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that doesn't come right away. Okay. So what I love about what you're saying, Siri, just um, that's so powerful is just the whole idea of like being a good enough mom or good enough dad. Like my, um, my sister is a social worker and she used to say that all the time. Like there's some theory, like I forgot the name of whoever says it. Like there's a whole theory of this good enough mom. Um, how do you, how do you, what would, what encouragement do you give to parents who might be struggling, you know, with their parenting, with where their kids are at? you know, and dealing with everything to, to give them some encouragement, you know, like that, that it's okay, you know, that they've done enough. Well, you know, it's interesting because that's one of the things I do when I work with parents is I often point out what they're doing right. I think parents are sometimes really hard on themselves and assuming, oh, this must be wrong, or I must be doing something wrong. And I'll go in and I'll say, wow, that was great. And your child, did you notice that your child really responded well to that? And I think when when we're so hyper-focused on ourselves as parents, we miss what we do well. And we miss when our child responded well to something. And I'll say, your child really responded to that. Do it again. Um, your child, wow, the words you used, your child really heard you. Did you notice that your child really heard you? And this is how you can tell that your child really heard you because they stopped. They didn't look at you, but they just stopped and thought, Do you, did you notice that? And so one of the things that I'll help is build confidence by saying, you know what? You're doing a lot of things right. And right, right means it's working for your child and it's working for you. It's not right because some book told you it's right. It's right because that's what's working for your family right now. That's what makes it right. So it sounds like a lot of the way that you work with your clients is it's not like you have these cookie cutter principles. That's the difference. It's like I could read a million parenting books, but that those parenting books don't know me. They don't know my kid. But then when they work with someone like you, it's really customized to the family and the whole family system and how they're 
how everybody in the system is interacting and then you you just jump in there. Right. I mean, if you work at home, that's a different dynamic than if you get up and go to work. Um, do you have to get out the door at a certain time or do you have a little bit more leeway? Um, do, are there siblings? Is there a grandparent? Is there a nanny? Uh, you know, how do these things work? There's a lot of differences in families. What about values? Values are different and different values. Doesn't make them right, doesn't make them wrong, just makes them different. And if you're parenting to your values, I think that's when we start feeling judged is when we feel like people with value, people who have values different than ours are judging us on our values. And that's where we get very stressed. And so I help parents say, well, what's your value? What's your focus? Um, and, and it kind of relieves the pressure. I remember um, one time, there are certain things that I made a point of very clearly telling my children, I don't care. I don't care if you make your bed. I know that bothers some people, but I right. just didn't care. Um, I didn't care if they got dirty. I just didn't care. I mean, those were not, I cared that they treated each other with respect. I cared that they didn't hit each other, but I didn't care if they got dirty. And I remember one time my child went over to somebody's house to eat. And of course he's young and they have spaghetti. So what happens when you eat spaghetti, you get it all over yourself. Right. And one of the adults said, Oh, your mom's going to be really upset with you. And my kid said, no, she won't. Because he knew I wouldn't get upset over that. I was very clear but I would get upset over something else that was my value, how we treat others. And so when you're clear on those things and see how some parent was judging your mom's going to, and assuming I'm going to get upset over that. Well, what if my child didn't know about that about me and, and felt very bad and felt very stressed and came home like that. So I think it's that clarity of what you value helps you be a better parent. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's like, um, and that's where one of the strengths as a consultant or coach we bring is we do have awareness of our values. Like we teach people about values and that's something that we are very mindful of and conscious of. So it's like, how do you take what we already know in this area and apply it to our parenting? Right. Are there, are there other things that as consultants and coaches were uniquely wired to um, and have an ability to improve our, our parenting or be responsive to some of the advice that you might be giving. I, I am not sure I understand your question. So, you know, like I think consultants and coaches, we spend a lot of time, we're helpers by nature. We give advice, we're wisdom people. Like what are some of the things that are our natural strengths as parents? And what are some of the things because we're consultants and coaches and we're natural advice givers and all of that, that makes it challenging for us as parents? I think it makes it challenging for us as parents when we're coaches and consultants because we give advice. And so we're giving advice to our children who don't want to hear it. They just don't want to hear it. And so sometimes what's really hard is not saying anything um, and not jumping in to solve the problem. And I think that saying things like, hmm, I bet there's a solution as opposed to giving the solution is harder on us, but better for the children, right? Giving so them the, the coaches opportunity are listening. to come. The coaches, the coaches are listening are like, list yes, I'm happy. Yay. That's my approach. You know, it's, it's client directed there. So that's good for them. Where would the coaches yes. go wrong though? What would be hard for them? It's like, yeah, I'm really good at that. But where it might be some of their parenting challenges. 
Well, it's like me. I was a teacher and a school principal. And when my kids got into trouble, I became mom and all the things that I knew about as a teacher and a principal go out the window. And I think it's the same thing when we're a parent and a consultant coach. Yeah, we, we would help our clients very well, but when it's our own child goes out the window. And I think to be able to pause and not be that professional um, it's like a child who, you know, my child said, don't be a teacher right now, mom. And I could tell, right. Don't be a consultant right now, mom, just listen to what I have to say, or just let me be angry or whatever it is. That's a really hard thing as a parent to do is to, is to let, think, take a step. I think it's easier to do that with a, with a client. Like we could be an idealized parent in some ways to a client because we don't have a dog in their hunt, you know, like, it's like, it's fine, you know, cause I could stay objective, but when it's my kid and it's right. like, no, you're like, I mean, I could, I say all the time when I onboard people into my program, it's like, you know, you can make your own mistakes. Just don't make my own, my don't make my mistakes. But it's like, if you go ahead and make your, make my mistakes, it's like, okay, fine. You're going to learn. That's fine. But you know, if my kid's going to make the same mistakes, like, <gasps> Like then it's like you viscerally feel the pain that they're going to experience and you want to protect them from that horrible pain. So it's like, how do you, how do you keep that objectivity? And I think, I think you mentioned it in the beginning about the control and that they're on their own person, but it feels like this might be a good point to reiterate what you said earlier about where does your responsibility as a parent end and your, your child has to take responsibility for themselves and their own choices. Well, of course it depends on the age. Um, but you have to understand that even though they're your child, they are not you and mm. they have their own personality and they understand children understand things differently than adults. They don't understand the world. They see the world differently. And I think that's where some of the conflict comes in because we see it. Well, I told you this. How can you not do that? And they'll, they truly didn't remember or they didn't Und quite understand what you meant um or it didn't fit their personality so they completely discounted <laughs> you know if they're a middle schooler or high schooler and yeah whatever they're saying is you're like yeah yeah no and they go on and move on um that's where um that's where we have to understand is that they have their own personalities they have their own understandings and they have different life experiences we didn't have the teachers they had we never had the friends they had we never had the traumas or we didn't have the pandemic when we were growing right. up their lives are very different and their understanding of the world is very different than who we are now and their reactions we 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 sometimes assume that their reactions are all because of us when in actuality, their reactions is a combination of all their life experiences. And it's not all on us. We're, right. we're, we, we, we have to let go of that piece that it's really not all about us. So um, I, there's, just, there's just so much here. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Like I got a million questions and you could, as you could tell, like I'm very connected to what you're saying because parenting, you know, for, for a lot of us who are parents, like, I mean, we, we love our businesses for sure, but it's like, we love our kids. You know, our businesses are there for our kids. We don't, you know, it's not the other way around. So it's like, this is such a very emotional topic. Like what would be the signs that would say, you know what, it's, it's, you've done enough by asking your friends for advice. You know, your therapy has only gotten you so far, you know, like these are the signs that it's time now to go hire a parent coach like you. 
I would uh, I would say if you feel like you just don't you're saying to yourself I'm exhausted, I'm frustrated, I'm afraid, I'm worried. If those are your if those are your descriptors, it's time to call someone because there's just all this information out there even for a therapist, they know what you tell them. Um and what I do is I I know what I see. And seeing uh, is really about, I see you, I see right. you, I see your family. I see, and, and I have a wealth of try this, try this, try this. And sometimes I learn from my clients like, Oh, this is a new way of parenting that works. Sometimes I'll see a parent have a, have do parent in a certain way that works for their child. And I just add that one to my toolbox. So in the same way I add to parents toolbox, they add to mine because there is more than one way to parent. There's a million ways to parent because there are a million different children and different personalities. So it just seems like whenever it's like, you know what, I like you, it doesn't even have to be like in a crisis. It just could be like, I just want to, I, I just need help. Like things, whatever I'm doing isn't necessarily working. I feel fear, anxiety, worry. Now I'm going to call a parent coach. Um, okay. So let's talk about you personally. So how do people get, find you? Where's, tell me your website address. And can you describe a little bit about how your program works? So my website is theparentaledge.com. And I'm, I came that by that name because I give parents the edge. I think parents don't necessarily believe they have the some abilities and they do. And I help them find it. I have a newsletter that I put out every month for just tips and ideas. And I get all my ideas from what parents are asking me. So I know that it's very important to them. And I, um, if you're in Los, in the Los Angeles area, you call me up and we work, I, I meet with you and we figure out what's happening. And then I come to your house and I do observations. And then after the observations, I don't like to talk too much in front of the children. Uh, so what we'll, we'll do a Zoom or a call afterwards where we'll debrief. And then I make notes and I send those to you because the strategies that I teach you are strategies that you're going to be using for the rest of your lives with children. They're just, you just tweak them for as they, uh, as they go on. And then you have this, a literally a toolbox for your parenting that is very specific to your needs, your worries, your questions. And like you said, sometimes parents will my clients will call me and say, I got an email from, from the teacher. What should I respond? And I help them draft the, draft the email or they, uh, you know, some parents are really worried about having playdates over because they're out of practice, right? We didn't have those playdates for a couple of years and even parents are out of practice. So we help, I'll go with you to the park and we help park play and we help playdates set up and and I help you build your village also. So it sounds like there's a little bit of, like there's an assessment, there's a toolbox um, creation and coaching, and then there's this real-time access for the immediate situations is the the big aspects of what you offer. Right. Now, let's say they're not in the Los Angeles area. Can you help work with parents like all over Zoom? And can you do it that way? Yes, I do it over Zoom. And uh, the best is if they have a laptop and they put me on the laptop and then they carry me around the house. And it's almost easier to be a fly on the wall because everybody forgets I'm there. 
So that works well also. And then I do the same kind of thing with a debrief and in and, and writing notes and um and they can take me on their phone everywhere they go. And I still they call me when when things are getting a little tough and they just need help over that hump. That's great. I mean, I, I, I literally I could talk to you forever, but I know we've been on for a while and we gotta wrap up. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk to me about the parenting journey? And I just didn't ask you the right question. I think that we talked about, you know, the the fact that it's really hard to be a parent and it's also the most joyous, um, the, the most joyous thing that you can do in your life. I think um, even when things are really tough, the fact is, is that you brought this human into the world and you get to watch how they, who they became and what they became. And that journey is very, very, very one of a kind. There's nothing like it. Thank you so much for being on the show. This is just such a gift and blessing I know to me and to everybody who's listening. Thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening, I hope that you walk away just encouraged with this whole idea that it's not good or bad. It just is. And you get to be the best version of whatever parent you're supposed to be. So thank you so much. And until next time, just again, thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire in you, please rate and review enough already on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, visit me on my website at BetsyJordan.com. And it's Betsy Jordan with a Y. And you'll learn all about our end-to-end services that are custom designed to accelerate your success. Don't wait. Start today.